welcome back to this episode of the Igloo uh, with President Lizzie here. Lizzie, how are hey you doing guys. today? I'm good. How are you doing, Peter? I'm good. Um, so with the title of president, uh, I want to talk about what it means to be student body president, uh, what all of the, the moving parts look like, and what your position on campus looks like on a day-to-day basis. All right, perfect. I mean, depending on the day, it's really different. Um, for example, in the beginning of the year, my day could look like events all day with class, meetings, et cetera. So, for example, first semester, there's a week where it's super crazy. Um, so we have suicide prevention week all week. And then 9-11 is the same week as suicide prevention week. Um, and those are both national. So we kind of always try to follow those guidelines. So there was one day where woke up around like 8, um, went to class, then from class, we had to go pick up the pinwheels that we planted. We planted like 1,100 pinwheels wow. um, to honor like the students that passed away and remember them. Um, and so then from there, we picked those up. I went, we actually had to get like, there's a lot of little things that happen too that people don't realize. So we had to like run to Home Depot on the spot and get things to put those in, then run to the closet. But at the same time, I had a meeting with administration um, on the harm reduction committee. So there are a lot of like little committees people don't realize I sit on, um, and that just comes with the role. So that's all administrative, and I'm the only student sitting on that. Um, and then from there, we then had to go to a meeting to prep for the 9-11 event. Um, and then I went back to class, and then I actually had Zeta recruitment. So <laughs> I am also in a sorority here. So then you know recruitment's crazy. Yep. Um, a lot so going on <laughs> exactly. So I ran to recruitment. Mm. Um, and in the middle of recruitment, I had to actually go to a panel for career and professional development. So the outfit changes are really crazy as well. You know, you go from pink out to professional. Right. Um, and then that night, went after recruitment, I had EC. We all had to plant flags for 9-11 at like 11 o'clock in the rain. Um, and so that's like a crazy day in the life of like little things that you don't expect to come, meetings, planned events. So as president, you're not just like, oh, yeah, I think we should have another pool in yeah. this location, <laughs> and this building should be called this. It's like the the daily support of students almost. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Exactly. Because I kind of thought it was always just making big decisions, sitting down on a Thursday, you slam your gavel, and you move on. And it's Misconception. I don't even have a gavel. <laughs> no. I <way>. wish. <laughs> yeah. um, <clears throat> a lot of students think that, though. So, like, yeah. I'll have students always come to me being like, oh, like, I want, they should build a dorm here, or, like, um, parking in this specific area is terrible, like, you should do something about that, or, like, really specific things. That's and totally I, not your job. Yeah, and I'm, like, I can definitely voice for the students, and that is my job, is to be a voice for every single student on this campus, but what they don't understand is I don't have any jurisdiction to, like, make those decisions. I can definitely bring them to the people that can make them, but also a lot of the decisions take a while because it goes through multiple levels and then committee boards yes, voted on exactly. eight different times totally. so that's actually a big struggle i have because students are like why aren't these things being done like it's such an easy fix but it's it not, actually isn't an right. easy fix yeah so with like you just mentioned all these different committees and, and boards and everything like that what does like what is your position in relation to those random committees or, or clubs and, and all those moving parts are you the you mentioned you're the voice for the students so mm -hmm. are these students that are on these boards or committees or are you 
talking to faculty or are you delegating? How does all of it operate? So it depends. It's a little of everything. Um, so like the harm reduction committee, that is a staff ran committee. Um, and it's, it's with counseling and conduct, all of those super fun departments. Um, and so then I'm the only student because they just want a student opinion on things like that. But most of the time it is student run. Since we are student government, we try to make sure everything we do involves the students. Right. Um, so I sit on things like the finance committee, the governing docs committee, um, the student leaders council that we established two years ago. Um, and yeah, so it's like little committees like that, but all of those committees are all through the student government association. So like the treasurer is actually in charge of the finance committee, but I, oh, like, because I'm president, I still sit on it to make decisions that need to be made um, and just have another voice and same with governing docs. So you're the, you're just the voice yeah. in, in everything. There's no. And an opinion. Like a, like a positive opinion. Yes. For student advocacy for any group. Cause you're, you've got your hand in a bunch of different cookie jars. Exactly. Um, so when it comes to big decisions, are you like cut in the loop or asked opinions of like, okay, yeah, we should have a parking lot here or <laughs> like things that students come to you with. Is it just, Hey, Lizzie, just a heads up. We're going to put another parking lot here. Or is it, do you think we should put a parking lot here? What does that situation look like? Most of the times um, it'll be Lizzie. Here's the update that'll go to students. And I maybe find out like a few days before if I find out before. Um, and that'll be like through my advisor or something. But I obviously am never allowed to say anything until all the students find out. So it doesn't really benefit me that I know first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there are sometimes like with the new Panther Commons, they came to us and they had me and some other students on the executive council sit and um, give opinions on what we want to see in Panther Commons. It It's also hard because we'll say we have those voices and we give those opinions, but it doesn't always work out. And it's not administration's fault either. But for example, with Panther Commons, we said like, oh, we'd want love a Chipotle and things like that. But Chipotle and all them also have to agree. So right. just because we want it doesn't mean it'll automatically be done. Um, and that's another thing people tend to not understand. But they try to like include us on conversations um, and we try to be as involved as possible because that's what we're here for. Right. So that makes sense. So when looking at, let's use the Panther Commons example, um, when that is building is finished, is the the layout discussed and like all of the little logistics or do they give you like, hey, do you guys want a Chipotle in here? We're thinking about asking them. Or is it just like, do you think we should have a bathroom at this end of the hall? <laughs> like, I don't think they're including you in like little things, yeah. right? Wasting your time almost. No. Okay. I, I mean, that'd be cool. But yeah, I think they kind of have a plan. And then the things that they think involve the students the most, they try to ask us. So like things we would benefit from having on campus, like foods we're missing, that kind of thing. But yeah, the actual design and stuff. Gotcha. They take it and run with it. <laughs> so <clears throat> kind of a tough question for you. A little bit of a deeper one. Um, I have this vision, this <laughs> memory of like elementary school or maybe middle school, like student body presidents mm -hmm. running and campaigning and all this stuff. And it being like, pizza party every Friday <laughs> if you elect me for president. Um, was there anything that you, not promised, but like wanted to do as president that you have not been able to do? Because it's, you thought it was possible and, and now it's, you know, unrealistic or you just didn't have the time or whatever? Um, a few things, actually. <laughs> um, I mean, 
I'm super passionate about everything I did run for um, and like the initiatives I had, but just, you know, with a lot of school regulations and stuff, some just aren't feasible. Like one thing I really wanted to do um, during suicide prevention week, I wanted something that brought the students actually together. We have a lot of events like scattered throughout and, oh, come meet us here. We're doing this event. Um, Like come talk to us little things, but I wanted something that the whole student body had the opportunity to go to and like kind of have a bonding moment. So I wanted to do a lantern festival um, where everyone could like write what they're struggling with because I think that's a huge issue with mental health is not many people are comfortable talking about it um, or expressing that they even have it. And it doesn't even have to be mental health. Maybe you're just having a bad week and you need to like write someone's name that (laughs) is really getting on your nerves. Right. Um, so the opportunity for everyone to kind of vent through that and like let go of your stresses or anything you're holding on to, or even like family issues or anything really. Right. Um, big mental health advocate in general. And so we went through a lot of processes with that and I was, administration was on board, but then it comes to like, okay, safety. What if one gets caught on a tree and trees on fire now camps is on fire. And (laughs) it's like little things like that where it, it was a good idea and they were on board. But then when it comes to like logistics, they're like, is this something with liability? And then would I have to take it somewhere off campus? And then that's a whole nother process. Right. And again, that's things like no one else really thinks about. Um, I was gonna say, as a member of my fraternity's executive council in the past, there are so many little logistics that people mm-hmm. don't realize of like, oh, why can't we fill the house with uh, eight feet of water and just somewhere <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> But people will genuinely come yeah. up and ask like stupid asks and you know that they're not feasible because you're in that leadership position. You actually yeah. know what you're talking about, know what's going on. Um, is there anything that stands out of like obnoxious things that have been posed to you that are you oh, gosh. just I wanted to like shut this kid down? Yeah, I literally <laughs> just like normally filter through and I'm like, okay, yeah. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's a good question. They're just, everyone asks, like, the littlest things all the time, and I'm just like, really? Yeah. Why do you think this has to <laughs> right. do with me? Even, like, um, like running for my campaign and stuff, people are like, oh, why don't you just, like, hand out alcohol or say, like, you'll give everyone this or that, and I'm like, do you understand I'm running for, like, student body president within the administration of, You're like, not just this, <laughs> this school? Like, I could get conduct. Here's, a, here's a fireball shooter yeah. because you voted for me. Like, that would never exactly. play out. And so little things like that in my – my friends always crack me up because they'll say little things like, can you just change this for us? Like, come on. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, guys, that's how it works. Do you have, uh, in like a similar side of looking at friends and stuff, do you have any like preferential treatment or picks for anything? Like do you don't get to pick your classes early or no. anything special. That's another huge misconception. Um, everyone <laughs> thinks like we get paid and all this stuff, but my whole position is volunteer, so I – it's basically a unpaid <laughs> volunteer position. Grinding the whole time um, for the title. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like I get paid by the students that benefit from it. Um, that's all the satisfaction I need. Right. But sometimes it does get difficult because you lose time for jobs and things like that on campus. Sure. Um, but yeah, we don't really get any benefits. So I would just say the leadership skills and everything you take from the position. Right. And so now with that in mind... The, the takeaways, you don't want a political career. You are Absolutely not a political science not. Get major. Get me away from the politics. So what made you want to start this journey, this challenge? Because 
even if you're the best political science major <laughs> ever, this is not easy, your position. Um, what made you start? Why are you here? And why don't you want to get into politics? I can start with why I don't want to get into politics. Okay. <laughs> um, I just think they're really sticky and I'm not saying they're, they're very necessary. Obviously there's politics and everything. Like you could say, you don't like politics, but you're always going to be involved with politics. Sure. Um, but it's just not like, I don't want to be a mediator between groups of people. I want to connect people. Um, and I feel like with politics, there's always someone you're going to upset and that's most things in life. But I don't know, politics was never really my thing. And it's changing so much too that it's just difficult to like, I don't know, I feel like keep with the times and figure out what is the right decision in politics. So I think I'm not passionate enough to pick what I think would <laughs> as far as probably going to be. I'm trying to word it right and I just can't. You but. you don't want to ruin your day by constantly researching and constantly because you yes. can. It's so easy yeah. to just like get sucked into looking at the news every four seconds and refreshing that page yeah. and trying to keep up, like you said, with the mm -hmm. times. But if you fall into that trap, it is a trap and, yes. and your day will be stressful and ruined because you're focused on somebody else's problems that will eventually become your problems. But the refreshing every second is not yeah. healthy. That's a really good point too, because social media has become a huge part of politics. You see it in all the elections now yeah. and everything, even without being presidential, you see it with celebrities, um, just really important influencers, everything. And I follow a uh, North Carolina representative. Oh. on tiktok he's really cool i forget his name um but he like? is on a bunch of different committees not a bunch but he's like a new congressman or senator um and he'll give us like the backstory of everything and he's not that he's the only guy i listen to because i do keep up with politics pretty pretty well Good for uh, in a healthy <laughs> in a healthy way um but he'll be like okay it's 2 30 in the morning i just got done deliberating with so-and-so about this topic and here's what's going on and here's what you need to know. And it's a minute and a half long video and I'm all caught up and I know everything that I wanted. I'm not like, yeah. oh, I wish I could research this some more because he just like short and sweet nails it and moves on. And I'll, I'll find his name eventually uh, <laughs> and tell you, but um, really informative, but it's not in an unhealthy way. Yeah. He is just like, boom, 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 here you go, moving on. Um, and I think that is important. Whereas... You can look at, let's say, LeBron James and what he's talking about, and you could check his progress yeah. over the years and get his exact opinion on so in some specific situation, and that would be, like, damaging. Not because it's LeBron James specifically, <laughs> but just because it's some little minute detail that you need to focus on, and that's yeah. not where you want to align. Exactly. And with that, I always think, too, <laughs> maybe this is me with trust issues, but I'm like, <laughs> how do you know what sources to believe? What's yeah. the fake news? What's Like, it's so hard to tell nowadays. That it's just like, is this worth my time? So well, even um, a couple days ago, was it a couple days ago? What's today? Thursday? Yeah. All right, we're recording <laughs> this on a Thursday. Yeah. Um, but I think this past Tuesday, it was like some rumor was going around that Trump was going to get arrested <laughs> on Tuesday. I don't know if you saw any of this, but there were like crazy AI made photos of Trump, like six of them of really realistic of yeah. Trump getting arrested and like tackled <laughs> by police and they all looked crazy, but they were so fake. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't even, I have no idea if Trump got arrested. <laughs> I pro- we probably would have known anyone knows, this let us know. Um, <laughs> but they, it was so fake and it wasn't obvious. Yeah. It was a picture. You were like, oh, okay. And why would you think to like fact check the picture? You always just think, oh, it's a picture. Like there's the There's no way right they could there. fake that. Yeah. And now you can. Yeah, and that's super can. freaky Everything too. could be fake. Yeah. Um, but to circle back to why you got into <laughs> your position, a <laughs> little yes. tangent there. Um, why as a non-political science major, sport management, is yes. that correct? sport right. management. Um, why did you want to get into this position and deal with all this mess? <laughs> so I actually came into school just with the mindset of I want as many leadership positions and to make the most out of my four years here. Like, how can I leave my impact on this campus and leave with the most growth possible? Um and so I remember freshman year, I ran into, he wasn't president at the time, but Sam Carr, he was my sophomore year's student body president. Okay. Um, so that year we had a conversation. I was actually volunteering at Community Christmas. I don't know if you remember when we used to have that. With? It was like the event where all the families could come onto campus and yes. interact with Santa, yes. all that stuff. Those are the good old days. Yeah. And so I met Sam there and he was like, oh, why? Because like, we had to stay longer. Everyone went home for right. Christmas break. He was like, why'd you say? And I was like, I just thought it was a great opportunity to volunteer and like it leaves a big impact. And we ended up talking for like 40 minutes. And I was like, yeah, I just want to get really involved and like make the most out of my time. And the same conversation we're having basically. And so little did I know he was running for student body president. So like two weeks later, he's like, oh, can we maybe have a conversation? And he asked me to run as his secretary. Cool. Um, And that's like the first time I got involved in student government. I've never been because I never was into politics and stuff. I never got into student government. Um, I always was into, like, athletics growing up and stuff, so. Field hockey kid, right? Field hockey kid. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's up. But, yeah, so then coming into school, I just wanted to get as involved as possible. And then even after sophomore year, I was like, I don't know if this is really for me. Like, I loved helping, and I realized it was more than politics, like all the events we did with the community and everything. Um, and then – one of my best friends that I met like through Sam's administration, she ended up running and I was like, well, I got to support my girl. So I ran with her too and became VP of student engagement with her and then went up to chief of staff when the chief of staff graduated early. And then I was like, I've never thought I could be in a position to be student body president like this. Like I remember freshman year watching the student body president give our convocation speech being like, how is he doing that? Yeah, how does somebody even get to that? Standing in front of all these people. <laughs> yeah, like what are the steps you take? Right. Like what makes you want to do that? And for me, it was just everything I was gaining from SGA, like the leadership. Um, I learned so much more in SGA than I've learned in any of my classes. Just really? about like work ethic, time management, like life skills that you can't learn in the classroom. Yeah. Um, even like event planning, like there's everything. Finance. I'm, I'm not a finance person. I sit on the finance committee. I, we deal with... You don't even want to know how much money. (laughs) And again, like I just never thought I was capable of all these things. And it taught me so much. Um, And I was like, well, I, this is my chance to make the biggest impact and grow as a person. Like I saw where my flaws were and things I needed to improve on. And I was like, I think the only thing that'll push me to develop those skills and growth is going for student body president. Gotcha. That all makes sense. (laughs) Um, You kind of just like, for lack of a better term, conveyor belted your way in there of like mm-hmm. just a hop, skip and a jump and you kept pushing and kept pushing yeah. and now here you are. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so now looking at like freshman and sophomore year, now that we're both seniors here, 
um, when you were this random sophomore not associated with anything except for um, SGA, you then went into spring rush uh, for your sorority. Um, what changed, if anything, after joining a sorority and being in Greek life and looking at it from uh, an SGA lens? And then even now, how does it like affect your, not decision-making, but your thought process when approaching certain problems that are Greek life oriented? Um, I would say, yeah, my Greek life story was a little different coming in as a COB sophomore year because I, I didn't think Greek was really my thing, but I saw that there were connections you could make and just friends that you wouldn't meet without the sorority. My big is now like one of my favorite people. And I would have never met her without Zeta. Um, but now I see I had a leadership position in Zeta as service chair. Um, and that was really cool because we do so much service with SGA. So it was a cool way to gap. Zeta and SGA um, and show them like these are things within campus that you guys can also get involved in. And now I can be a resource to everyone in Zeta to get involved beyond Zeta and vice versa. Now I can get more involved in Zeta. Um, But I will say a struggle is now just more things to balance and priorities. So how much of a commitment as someone who's not like I've known a bunch of people on like Zeta's executive board and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. As someone who's just a, I don't know if this is offensive <laughs> to you, but we call <laughs> no. them like general members of people yeah. that are not on the exec yeah. board. Um, is it like a crazy commitment with like recruitment and like little things that you ha- do have to go to? Are you struggling to ever balance that? I mean, if you, it's kind of the time commitment you want it to be, but I'm a person, if I'm involved in something, I want to be involved. I don't just want to be a general member. Sure. Um, but there's also a point where I have to pick like, okay, I have to maybe be a general member here and put my priorities here. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, if you want to just not be really involved in Zeta, you could be what they call, you know, t-shirt, Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the good old fashioned t-shirt Zeta. Um, but I mean, and that's, you're going to go to your formals, maybe chapters. You're probably going to finesse your way out of every required thing um, and just pay your dues to like, be in Zeta and buy a couple of t-shirts and mm-hmm. move on with your life. But yeah. I'm like, if I'm paying these dues, I, I want to get my money's worth. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And As so, you should. and I just think like you should want to be a part of the bigger picture. Um, so that's been a struggle this year is because I do love Zeta and I love our administration right now too. I think Liv Gardner's like amazing in her role. Good. Um, but it stinks because SGA is taking over my life so much this year that there are things I have to, let go of in Zeta, right. but I still try to go to a lot of things. So like sisterhood events and everything. If you want to be involved in Zeta, it could be at least four days out of your week. Right. But if you're kind of a like t-shirt Zeta, it could be once every two weeks. Right. <laughs> tops. Absolutely. So, so now with talking about like graduation coming up and the end of the year and all of those aspects, um, oh gosh. you are coming to the end of <laughs> your term. Subject. I know. Sorry. Um, but there has been a, a new election recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a new president elect. Yes. Um, are you involved in that conversation before, you know, like obviously the vote is done by all the students. Mm-hmm. Um, but are you, you know, talking with both candidates or all the multiple candidates and stuff like that of 
Do people come to you asking for advice or are you involved? Or are you like not allowed to talk to them? How does all of that like election process work as the current president? So I can definitely talk to them as much as I want. And I'm always happy to give advice. I actually started um, like a, a mentoring program this year for anyone that wanted more insight to EC or like my role. And I asked, would you want to like shadow? Would you want to get lunch and just talk or just see what my role is about? Um, and anyone within the EC so I think that's super important because I'm like, if you want to run for this role, you need to know what you're getting into. Right. Um, but once campaigning kind of starts, I try to like take a step back because I don't want bias to come in. And um, I mean, I'll talk to the candidates like I don't have to avoid them. And I work with both of them most times because you have to be involved in SGA to be able to run. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. You have to have your foot in the door at some point. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, we have qualifications. So I think student body president, you had to have had a leadership role in SGA for at least two semesters. So basically a class officer on EC um, or like involved in a club. So you had to have been involved. Gotcha. Okay. So. Um, So when looking at like your involvement with the new president elect. Yes. um, I forget her name. What is her name? Hannah Parsons. Hannah. (laughs) So when you are now talking to Hannah, are you like, is she following you everywhere you go (laughs) and like shadowing so that she can just pick up right where you leave off? Or is it like totally clean slate, her new thing? Like, what is that process? It's actually, I'm excited for Hannah because she is on the executive council already. So she's seen the workings. Like she's, yeah, she's with me every week, multiple days of the week. She's seen all our events for the past two years. Gotcha. Um, So she has kind of like, the bare bones of what she has to do. Um, but now it's basically just transitioning. So like most things we'll now do together. So things like finance committee, we have to do budget defenses at the end of every semester. So now she'll sit on those with me and kind of see how I make the decisions so she can kind of learn and grow from that and take that into her role next year. She doesn't have to do everything I did. Um, and she's open to doing anything else, but it's also cool because our executive council started a mental health initiative. I don't know if you saw, yeah, but oh, yeah. Um, since she was such a big part of that already, those things take so long to actually implement going through all the levels as we were talking about, they yep. have to go through. So it's awesome that now she can continue that and work on that next year and saw all the conversations that were being had, what we wanted to see um, and those types of things. So f- right now it's just kind of like, we already work together, so she already kind of shadows me. Um, and so it's just kind of transitioning her and leading her step by step. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so earlier you mentioned about, like, advisors and all that stuff. Do they – are they constant? Like, will um, the – will have past presidents and will future presidents have the same advisor? Is it a student? Is it a faculty member? Do they change every term? How does that all work? Yeah, so our advisor stays the same. It's based on it's um, a faculty me- or a staff member. So we had the same one for the past like two years. But if she gets a new role somewhere or something, then that's when it changes. It doesn't change based on year. It changes based on kind of your their career. Right. Um. So we just got a new advisor brought in just because she moved around. Um. So she's no longer at our advisor, and that's why we have a new one. Gotcha. But he should be here for quite a long time until he kind of moves on to another career. 
and speaking of careers in general, is that their whole position is to advise you or are they like, do they also teach classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays? <laughs> well, that's, a, yeah, he's a full-time staff member. He's in university relations. So he actually does a lot with Panther Commons and community partners, cool. all that. And that's another thing that's hard is our advisor does have other responsibilities. Like they have their yeah. <laughs> kind of day job and exactly. then come see you afterwards. Yeah. Okay. And most of their day job does then include SGA, like there are a bunch of financial things they have to do every day and forms and stuff that the last step is always the SGA advisor. Um, so they kind of get swamped. Right. Um, so with keeping the mindset of career, what do you want to do with your sport management major and ex-president background <laughs> and all that stuff after you graduate? What's the next couple of years look like for you? I would love to be, I don't have my set career yet, but my goal is to work in player relations for either the NFL or NBA. So kind of being the liaison between the athletes and the community. Cool, so okay. basically what I do now right. with the students in the community or students in admin. Um, so basically what that would include is making sure they're doing all their community service or whatever impacts they have to leave on the community, um, places they need to be, their PR, all that stuff. What got you into wanting to do that? Um, well, growing up, I was very much a tomboy, and I was always around sports. I did actually play flag football. Don't judge. I was I'm young. not judging. <laughs> I feel like you're judging. I'm not. Um, and, like, yeah, I played. I was around the boys all the time playing sports, and that's right. just how it was. Me and my brother were always super close because of that. Um, and then I stuck with sports, as I mentioned earlier. Like, that was always my thing was just athletics. Um, and always like my safe space. Sure. So that always, and that started my leadership skills, field hockey. I just, I don't know. I always just felt the need to lead and help others. Like I remember even in high school during runs and stuff, I don't know why I have this mindset. I blame <laughs> my dad for this, okay. but <laughs> during like preseason, we were finishing sprints and there was always one person on the team who would struggle and I was like, well, I can't let her run alone. So every preseason, like we just ran probably three miles and did sprints and stuff. And I was like, well, I got to keep running until everyone on the team finishes. Because I was like, I, I know I would hate to be that person. Um, and that's, I've always just carried on through that. Like I want to treat people the way I'd want to be treated. I, I wouldn't want to be the last person. one running. Right. You know? and, and that's a, a crazy mentality of like that person's struggling. So I'm going to struggle with mm -hmm. them. It's such a community, like, upbringing yeah. mindset. And so, um, so that's I, great. Yeah. So I can really thank athletics for, like, giving me my leadership. Yeah. And that's why I got into sports. I feel like a lot of people <laughs> have that, like, mentality of their history of, like, oh, yeah, when I was in high school, like, I would do football, this and that. Whereas you are now taking that and not just being some washed-up athlete. You exactly. are genuinely uh, – pushing that forward into your career and your passions and everything that you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, when looking at now like the past and your family and talk about your dad's, <laughs> you know, giving you that mindset. Um, do you, you're the youngest of yes. four. Okay. And you're the oldest. of four. I am. Got um, some beef. I know. <laughs> I was going to say, um, how old is your oldest sibling? She's, it's going to be bad. I always have to do like the math. She's five years of, of me and she just turned so 27 27 28 ish yeah. yeah gotcha okay my youngest yeah. sister is 14 recently 
Um, so it's when so you, weird to me. Right? <laughs> it's so weird to me to have such yeah. an older sibling. Um, it's kind of like a theoretical question here. Um, but like when you were 14, <laughs> what, what was your sister up to? Is she like a college athlete? What is the like disparity and what is she doing now? What grade is it? That's like eighth grade. Something right? like that. Seventh grade. So I, think I was seventh. in middle school. Um, so my, the oldest sister is actually the reason I got into field hockey because she started, we didn't have it until middle school. So I was heavily involved in field hockey, um, at the time and she was at James Madison. So she was obviously the first sibling we had go away to school and it was, it wasn't super far. I mean, it was like four and a half hours, but at the same time, that was first time of like someone in the family going somewhere else. Moving anywhere else. Yeah. So that was kind of like a readjustment for all of us. And I. I hated to admit that it affected me, but (laughs) (laughs) it definitely was strange. And I also shared a room with my sisters growing up. So it was like bittersweet because I was like, yeah, give me more space. But But they're gone. Yeah, but I was like, you're also with me every day of my life. And um, yeah, so it was definitely odd at first to have her be the first one. But she was at James Madison doing super cool things. Nice. And I think she actually led the family in kind of spreading our wings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, as such a close-knit, like, your oldest sister's five years, you said? Yeah. Uh, older than you. My youngest sister is eight years apart yeah. from me. So we're even more spread out. So you guys are super close in age mm-hmm. and, like, a tight-knit, good, classic family. Yeah. What pushed you guys to all be okay with going out? That's I, what... Unless you just answered that kind <laughs> of. No, I honestly wonder the same thing because normally I feel like it's either like the oldest that's really independent or the youngest. Like there's always like one or two of the family members. Driving big factor, fan- yeah. yeah. But every one of my siblings is so independent and it's so odd to me because I'm, I'm not like, oh, I'm the independent one in the family. I'm like, no, we all are. You're we all <laughs> yeah. went far away and we all are career driven. Um, and I mean, I guess I just have to thank my parents for the way they raised us, but yeah, I always think about like what maybe little factors they did raising us that made us feel that way. I think they just prepped us with like life skills growing up that sure. I didn't realize um, and like just prepared us. We're all really personable people, can talk to anyone um, and just feel comfortable. I think we always know too, we can always go home. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's okay. I also know like growing up, we since we had sports and everything and we were pretty close in age, but still four of us. We were everywhere all the time. So dinners, we always ate late. Everyone makes fun of us because we eat dinner at like at least nine o'clock. Like most we had people. dinner at four thirty. Yes, I was yeah. going to say most people like that eat at like four thirty, but we ate at nine every night, and we always tried eating together. That's awesome. Um, and so I think now we are all like we need to take advantage of the time to travel and sure see the world and stuff because we know we can always come back to our roots. Yeah. Um, but we didn't really do that growing up just because there were so many of us and so busy. Both my parents work, so it was hard to get all of our schedules together. We had sports in the summer all year round. You probably know what that's like. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so now with, you know, being able to go home and but still branching out, um, seeing the world, you did a Maymester recently. Yeah. Um, how was all that? What, what were you doing? What country did you go to? I know you moved around a bunch, um, yeah. but give us that story. Yeah, so it was a super cool opportunity. We actually took the class during the semester, too. So everything we did was just, like, hands-on experience, like meeting businesses or traveling. So we started in Germany, 
Um, and then from there, we would bus everywhere, too. So we only flew, like, there and home. Gotcha. Um, we started in Germany. Then we went to, like, four places in France. And then we ended in Amsterdam and the Netherlands. Cool. So, Was it, it was a, you said business? Yeah, it was a global trip? business trip. Gotcha. Okay. So. Mine, I did uh, a May semester in Sicily. Yeah, you guys were there longer than us, too. We were. It was, well, <laughs> It was supposed to be like 25 days and okay. a story for another day. Is <laughs> it was 27 or 28 by the time I got home. Okay. Um, but we, we took the class there. So every weekday, I think, uh, maybe Saturday or something like that, but it would be like a 930 class for, it was scheduled for like two hours, but we were only there for like an hour and 20 each time. Uh, talk about like the history of Sicily mm-hmm. and, and politics of all of that stuff. Um, but as like an education major who never talks about history other than like policy making, it was super cool to realize that like Sicily is the center of like conquering Europe and, yeah. and everything in, in, you know, the great past. Um, but when you guys did this business one, uh, were you like going on interviews and stuff? Like how does, what did your day to day look like when you're stopping into a business in France? So basically, um, We'd be up by like 7 a.m. tops. And then we'd always have normally business meetings in the morning unless we were traveling. We had probably one almost every day. So in the beginning, when we first got there, we'd have either like a tour or something. I remember the first day we got there too. We were traveling. We were up for 24 hours. Wow. And we they expected us to survive a bus tour around Germany. We're like, you think we're not falling asleep on this? <laughs> That's all. Like we, yeah, we had like a person up front giving us, and we felt so bad, but we were like, we've been up for 24 hours and we're on a bus. Right. Like we're going to fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was normally like a tour of the place we were in the little city. And then normally every morning we were up way too early <laughs> and then we'd go to a meeting and then it was actually so nice because after we'd have probably one meeting, maybe two, what did those meetings Certain look days. like? It was basically like informational. Gotcha. So okay. we would go to a business. We went to uh, Mercedes-Benz. That was awesome. So cool. we got a tour of the facility. And then they'd give us like an information ses- informational session, tongue twister, um, kind of about like their company and what they do, why like international business is important. And we see, saw like how the cars were made, everything. It was so cool. That's awesome. But then we'd also go to like a clothing company, um, a food industry entrepreneurship so you're not trying to get jobs you're just seeing how the other you know across yeah. the pond does business exactly. and operates we saw like international business in every scale so they tried hitting like every category possible um and so yeah we'd go to the meeting some would have tours of the facilities and like what's done on the day-to-day but most then we would have inter- informational sessions where we could ask any questions and they would tell us about their business and what it's like in their country or city. Um, and so, cool. yeah, it was super cool, especially seeing like how they work differently. Yeah. Um, was there like a language barrier difficulty thing? We got yeah. super lucky. Um, definitely got stares often because we're not stupid yeah. Americans <laughs> walking through my <laughs> No, literally it was yeah. very humbling because we're like, <laughs> everyone here knows English and we can't even, we're fully visiting them and can't even we speak had, like a sentence to <laughs> We them. had the same thing in Sicily. Yeah, we even felt like so bad. baristas or I don't know what it's officially called, but like <laughs> we go to some coffee shop, some cafe, and we'd be like, we want a coffee. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, un cafe. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, we're in a cafe yeah. right now. What are you talking about? And they're like, no, dummy, you want a coffee? Yeah. So yeah. they would totally get it, look at us weird. 
um, were you ever like judged for being an American in a negative way? Because oh, Sicily was super positive. 100%. But it was funny too because we'd always start and be like, well, we'll, we'll shoot our shot with like English. So we'd yeah. be like, hey. well, they respond and then like a waitress will be like, oh yeah, I understand. And we're like, let's go. <laughs> Dinner's going to be easy tonight. <laughs> but so, yeah, there was one time me and one of my best friends, Mackenzie, we were exploring Paris. We were trying to find sneakers. Like, I just wanted a pair of Dunks. She's a big sneakerhead. Are you too? Yeah. Well, I'm not on her level. I wish, but you know, college right. budget. So. Funds. Yep. <laughs> yeah. One day my closet <laughs> will be filled. Um, but that's all we, I was like, all I want from Europe is a pair of shoes. Like right. they all wanted like Louis, whatever. And I was like, I, like, I take care. me to Nike. Right. And so we're exploring it. She went with me because as you said, you know, she's a sneakerhead. Big time. And we're walking back. And we were also hangry and tired because we wake up at seven. We don't, we have like our times to eat because we have the meetings, everything. So we were go, go, go. Right. And everybody, we could just feel their eyes on us. And we're like, we're not even speaking. Like what screams American? <laughs> and like, look at us again. Like, what is it? Right. Please say it to our face, even though we won't understand you. But they, they looked judgingly at yeah, you. Yeah. We were like, what is like, you could tell like the, side stare we're like you're wearing the same thing as us like what screams american yeah. <laughs> right now i don't get it like we're not taking pictures or anything like we were just minding our own looking for some sneakers yeah we're like are, are we missing something like d is that's my hair so a mess or like what is it and like we were tattoo yeah. on my face or something <laughs> exactly but that's kind of the only that was yeah that was france but most places everyone was extremely nice and especially for us being in their country and their home and not knowing as much as their culture and then like being so welcoming. That was really cool to see because I mean, you've been, you're from New York, you know right. how Americans can be. Oh, they don't yeah. have the patience or time of day. So that was really eye opening and cool to see. Definitely. Um, so now looking at it from like the, every lens that we have just talked about, um, but looking at everything from the, the holistic lens of you being president and your global experiences now and your business mindset and the big family that, you know, is branching out, but can always have a HQ, a place to come back to. Um, what does like retirement and uh, like all of those end goals look like for you? The end goal would be to live out my dream. Obviously I'm hoping to first end my term as president with <laughs> as much benefit to the students here as I can um, and hope that, I impacted somebody at least. Um, and then, yeah, live out my dream in the sports world. Um, I keep like thinking too, I'm like, is it worth going to sports? Like it's always, you don't get paid much and it's the hours are terrible. But I was like, I need to live out my dream as yeah. a little girl first and then I can go from there. Um, so hoping to be somewhere warm, you know, right. with a family and, you know, just moving forward. All right. That's great. Um, so now final question here. I am right, hit me with not that. going to, when I ask this, I'm not going to, uh, clarify or <laughs> answer any other follow-up questions for oh, you. Gosh. You can take this whichever direction you want, however big or however small. Okay. Do you have any regrets? Oh, oh, I mean, I am a person. I definitely do probably have regrets, but I really strongly believe everything happens for a reason. So even if I regret something, I either made the decision to do it or to not do it for a reason. Right. And everything else in my life probably wouldn't have happened without it. 
Like I could have said no to one decision that wouldn't have got me to where I am today. Um, Or I may have been with the wrong person or made wrong friends, anything. Um, So I probably do have regrets, but yeah. It's gotten you here. It's gotten me here. So no complaints. Good. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Igloo. Come check in next Wednesday. Have a good day.